On this episode, we discuss the well-tempered clavier and reflect on all the crazy happenings in Westworld. I bring my thoughts on wood-fired coffee, and Joe shares about his Ethiopian coffee experience. Tune in as we pour it all over. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Joe, and Dill. Each week, we bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning, coffee. So, how's it going, Dill? Going pretty well, I would say. Um, yeah. Uh, how, how are you? I am pretty tired. Yeah? Um, I finally, yeah, moved all my stuff in today to my new apartment. Ooh, how is it? It feels good. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good year. Nice. The level of detail is quite quite a uh, quite high in my response, but yes. <laughs> I think I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just a little bit tired. I don't know. Yeah, yeah moving kind of is like, a whole ordeal. So it really is. It's like one of my least favorite things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of tired too, probably not quite as tired as you are, um, but yeah, unfortunately it's nighttime as we record, so can't go make some coffee, I guess we could, but you know, um, but yeah, uh, what you, uh, what you've been drinking or have you, have you set up the coffee corner in, in your new space? I do have a coffee cabinet. And nice. it is sharing its space with the spices. So it's a spices mm. and coffee cabinet. Okay, and good smells. Oh, very good, very good. Um, I do worry about it commingling, but I think they mm. will do well with each other. <laughs> so nice. I did make my first French press today. Um, and I was able to enjoy it with a friend who was helping me move. And we drank a uh, light roast. It was the same one I talked about before from um, uh, yeah, Boston, Boston Stoker. Stoker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Nice. The inaugural cup of coffee in the new apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a great brew, but um, yeah, I had other good brews this week, so I'm not too uh, mad about it. Yeah, makes up for it. Uh, yeah, what about yourself? Uh, I actually don't think I made coffee today because I woke up late. Um, mm. Yeah, my coffee consuming this past week has been pretty inconsistent, mostly because I ran out of beans. Um, so I went to a couple oh, of shops this week. Uh, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about that, but... Um, there were a couple of days where it's just more like the, the desperation, um, cup, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. And <laughs> yeah, so my coffee hasn't been top notch this week. Um, but hopefully that'll, that'll be changing. Yeah. Is it because you were kind of rushed or wait, wait, did you, so 
your your brewing has been top notch or uh has not my coffee consumption as a whole has not been top notch. Oh. I uh yeah, because I, I was just like out thing? of beans for a few days. So I like didn't drink coffee one day and then I went to just like a not that great shop one day um, just to get mm-hmm. coffee because I wanted it. Um, mm. But, yeah, I was hoping to go to Mudleaf, which is the new shop near my house that I mentioned last time, but wasn't yeah. able to. I, I regretted it because, like, I was going to mm. go after class, but then um, in between classes, I was meeting up with some people for a project and there's a coffee yeah. shop nearby of school, and we're like, and he's like, hey, let's go there, and I was like, yeah, okay, and then <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm here, I guess I get some coffee, um, and it wasn't that good, and then oh. I was like, uh, I have my coffee today, I, now I can't go to Mudleaf, and I, I just regretted <laughs> all of it, yeah, um, but it's it's all right, okay, I guess I ask because sometimes if I can make it through a week without relying a lot on coffee and caffeine mm. it's kind of uh you know wouldn't really say it's a good thing or a bad thing but it's kind of like it is what it is and i still made it through the week without drinking coffee yeah most of the time i, I try to keep the mindset and say that i mean i don't really rely on the caffeine i think that's mostly true mm. but at the same time like when it's not there i i can feel the difference like i don't mm. like make it in the morning just because i need it you know that's why I, I i might have mentioned i actually prefer drinking coffee in the afternoon personally um, oh, but just because of like school that. and like you know work or whatever like morning just makes the most sense because i can't go home in the middle of the day and like do my pour over yeah um yeah so I, I i try not to so that's why there are days like today where i just like don't drink it and it's it's fine um but enough of those days together and you can kind of feel feel a little bit of difference Hmm. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um. But you know, since we're talking about our coffee this week, that is related to our coffee topic for our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking a little bit about some coffee experiences we had this week, and um, you know, for the most part, coffee making is a pretty simple process. Whether you do a pour over or a French press. You're immersing coffee grounds in hot water, and you're making a delicious, comforting beverage. But what happens when you make your coffee with a wood-fired oven or pair your coffee with a fragrance? So today, for our coffee topic, we're talking about unique coffee experiences, specifically wood-fired coffee and Ethiopian mm. coffee. But, um, mm. yeah, what are... Mm. Uh, what, maybe we could just each share briefly our, our little experience we had this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, so I had Ethiopian food on Saturday with a friend. And after the meal, we ordered coffee. Now, before the meal, the waitress was asking us about drinks. And I was like, oh, well, I definitely want to get coffee because I heard it's a, it's a very um, popular, traditional mm-hmm historically relevant uh, historically important thing in Ethiopia so um I wanted to get to coffee in, in the beginning but then she was like actually people usually drink coffee at the end of the meal mm-hmm. so um we had the meal and then she brought out the coffee and there were I guess three uh three different pieces to the the plate that she brought out mm-hmm. there was the 
container that had the coffee. There were the cups, and then she also had a, um, like a little burner with a piece of wood in it, hmm. and there was smoke coming out, and essentially it was like an incense kind of thing. Oh. So um, she served us the coffee, and we each had like little ceramic cups, and we drank the coffee while in kind of inhaling or smelling this uh, incense, hmm. and yeah, I don't remember what wood was in there but it it smelled very distinct and um i guess it paired well with the coffee interesting i uh when when we were making when when you made the notes and stuff you know i saw that we were saying you you know pair the coffee with the fragrant fragrance (laughs) i uh i didn't know that's what what you meant that's that's interesting i i would not Uh. have guessed that did that like how how did that impact the coffee i Mm -hmm. guess if at all. Um, you know, to be completely honest with you and not to offend any of my Ethiopian friends out there, you know, anyone who's listening, but the coffee was uh, very normal mm. and almost like just like espresso. So it was this very dark brew uh, with, I assume, darkly roasted beans. And but 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 at the same time, it wasn't a pressure. um a pressure brewing technique because mm. there was still a lot of sediment inside the cups. Um, I think it was more of like a, uh, like a Turkish coffee kind mm. of deal. Um, but I guess to answer your question, um, I think it, it made it like an overall experience. Like I kind of felt like the coffee I was drinking was not just in the cup, but because mm. of the incense, I felt like it was kind of a kind of, multi-sensory full room kind of like experience yeah it kind of, kind of seems like it's like brings it out on the platter has all those different elements and it kind of seems like this whole thing uh, which mm-hmm. would be pretty cool kind of you know we, we talk i think all the time about having different like ritu- rituals with our coffee and right. that's just kind of a different one which is really mm-hmm. unique yeah it was um, a coffee ceremony i think yeah that's what yeah, it was. Nice. I'd be interested because, like, because cause you're doing that at a restaurant, so, like, other people are around, too. And mm-hmm. if the incense kind of gets, um, makes their way over to them, I, I don't know. But, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, actually, there wasn't anyone else in the restaurant. There was a, oh. um, a couple that came in after us, and I think they saw us eating with their hands, and then <laughs> they looked at the menu, and they are like, Oh, I don't think this is for us. And they uh, just like closed their menus and left. <laughs> oh no. They like sat down at the table and everything. Yeah, they sat down. They had they had their drinks. I think they just paid for the drinks and then they le- and then they oh, and then no. they left. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it was Ethiopian food real good though. For real. Yeah. Even though I mean you eat with your hands, but I mean you use the little bread stuff. But mm-hmm, so it's like yeah. Yeah. some good stuff. Yeah, tell me about your uh, wood-fired coffee. Yeah, so um, this week, I, I actually went to two coffee shops this week, um, but, mm. or actually, I went to three. Um, anyways, oh. <laughs> but Treat the one yourself. specifically um, that we're talking about today is uh, this shop called Summer Moon. I think mm. they originated in 
Austin, Texas, and kind of have a couple different shops around. And I, I actually didn't know this um, going in. It's just it was a shop that's been open for like I don't know past year or so, and like a bunch of friends told me about it. Highly rated, you know. Check it on Yelp and Google. Pr- pretty good ratings on there. So I was like, hey, let's check it out. Since so I was meeting up with a, a friend, having a meeting there, and mm-hmm. yeah, I go in. I see like they they have on their sign outside, like on the bags of coffee, it says wood fired coffee. I was like, oh, what's no. that? Um, and uh, on the back of the bean, or yeah, on the back of the beans, it kind of describes like, oh, they, I don't, I don't think they claim to be the first, but I guess they like designed a wood fired oven, which is what okay. they use to roast the coffee. Hmm. Um, I think as opposed to like other, you know, industrial uh, roasters, I think use like mm-hmm. propane or something like that. I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh. I just know that pilot lights and, and things like that. Um, so this one using wood, uh, wood fire. So I assume there's no, um, not much like technology going on in there. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah like that. And they said they designed their wood oven themselves, um, and then have hmm. been tweaking it for like over a decade. I guess is when they started. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. I mean, the coffee shop yeah, itself, um, it was okay. Like I see the appeal. You know, it's like. It's pretty aesthetic. It's got like exposed brick and like you know it's it's nice. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's not necessarily a shop for me personally. Um, yeah, and I say that because it seems like their their big thing is like mixed drinks, like coffee mixed with milk and different things like that. Um, they have like a mm-hmm. signature type of milk where they have different levels of sweetness with it, and like it's just like their own their own uh, mix of milk. And then they kind of have that in all their different drinks. And I generally just get black coffee wherever I go. I basically just get drip. So, yeah. you know, that's what I got there. And it is okay. Um, nothing to blow my mind or anything. But I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've heard all, all the, the drinks with their signature milk is, is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And can be really sweet if you're into that, which I think uh, a lot of people um, are just like, um, do do like that, you know, based on like popularity of Starbucks with like fraps, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things, um, yeah. which you know to each their own. And sure, I'm sure I'm sure it's good. You know, I was telling my, my friend that I met up with, um, doesn't really drink coffee. Actually, doesn't really like sit well with his stomach too much. But mm-hmm. um, he's asking me about it, and I was like, you know, I don't really go to coffee shops, and also when I go, I basically just get drip. And I think there's, like, two explanations for it. Like, the to be honest, the first one is just, like, because I'm cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Triff is the cheapest thing. Yes, but sir. also, um, it's just, I, I think it's, it's because it's just the coffee, you can kind of kind of see what it's like. Um, you can taste yeah. that. And kind of, I think the drip, like, it's basically, like, you know, the wherever you go is, like, the house special or whatever the house kind of thing. And, like... Yeah. I feel like that gives you a window into how they treat the coffee and like what mm-hmm. to expect with everything else. Not mm-hmm. to say it's like good or bad, but you know. Uh, but it was interesting. I, I've never had wood fired coffee to my knowledge, and um, I, I guess I could kind of I, I would say that there was a little bit of a different taste. Um, okay. I think it, it it could be like since I know Placebo. it's like wood fired, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe some. Uh, some uh, wood smoky flavors or something but um i don't know if i would say that if i didn't know that's how it was roasted 
Shoot. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, since this is a new type of coffee, I, I sh- after going to, the, after drinking my drip, I actually bought a bag of coffee. So that's what I'm going to be drinking for the next little bit. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to give it, give it its a uh, proper chance, I think. And like, mm-hmm. oh, have me brew it a bit, try to dial it in, see what it's like. Um, yeah. I've only brewed it once myself and like the beans themselves looked Roasted a little bit darker than I usually oh. am used to, um, sure. which I think I could kind of taste that too. And they, um, cause, you know, they have light, medium, dark, but none of the coffee options they had were lights. They're just all medium mm. or dark. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I chose a, a medium roast. Um, I want to say it's Peruvian, but I'm not 100% sure. I'll do some follow up maybe next week. But you know, it said there's some, like, fruity notes and some chocolate and stuff. So, yeah, I brewed it. Yeah. It was just okay. Uh, it was just the first time, though, so I think i got to work on it. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. I've never really thought about different ways to roast coffee, I guess. Um, yeah. And, like, what that might have an impact on it, you know, because it's different. Like, which makes sense. Like, different ways you cook, like, food, you know, mm-hmm. you can... Um, yeah. E- even like uh was like barbecue, they can use different types mm-hmm. of wood, have different flavors, like you know, it all like has an impact. So yeah. it just kind of opened my perspective in that sense um cuz I'm I, I don't really know what the coffee I drink is usually like how it's roasted, I guess. Yeah. I just know and, where it's from. Yeah. And I was thinking like with tea, there are different ways like with the different kinds of teas the end result is based upon how they treat the tea at different stages. And one mm. of the stages is actually the like cooking stage or like the like setting stage where they mm. apply heat to the tea leaves and they can either steam it. And that's why you get like, like matcha tea or like Ooh. green tea, or you could pan fry it or oh. you could bake it or you could um, uh, wait, pan fry, steam, bake, I think there might be another process too. So I wonder if it's like the same thing with coffee and um, like what you said about it being, it being kind of in a wood oven, essentially what it is is it sounds like it, it was um, like baked, I guess, or mm. like kind of like pan, pan, uh, pan fried because mm-hmm. I don't know. That makes me think of like more primitive ways of, um, roasting coffee, you know, instead of like having a machine, mm-hmm. like I think in Ethiopia they would, uh, like pan fry the beans over an open fire. Yeah. Um. So throw some wood in there, and it's like the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was interesting. And like those, uh, my friend Matt that roasted those beans for me uh, a while back. His mm-hmm. is basically is this little ceramic thing, and he you can just do it over an open flame. So. Oh. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah, there's a whole other category to understand coffee that I don't know if I wanted to get my eyes open to because <laughs> there's already so many. But no, I mean, right. it's good, though. It's, I, I I like learning about coffee and all. Now, um, kicker question, did a coffee shop have pizzas, too? Pizzas? No, they did not. <sighs> that would have been amazing. That's my favorite wood fire thing. Yeah, they. Uh, it looked like they had breakfast tacos. Um, it seemed to be like you know, even reading reviews, they're like, uh, it was mentioned pretty often, which makes sense because it's from Austin, which is mm-hmm. like breakfast taco capital of the yes, universe. Um, Heaven. Yeah, 
so yeah, it is. I mean, it is a good shop. It is is on the smaller side, in my opinion. So it's a little noisy, but um, mm. it's, it's a good experience. Um, I, I see why people like it. So yeah, and then I'll be I'll be drinking their beans for a while. Um, yeah, very nice. I look forward to your perspective on wood fired coffee in the week to come. Mm-hmm. Well, um, moving on to our episode summary. And talking about the next episode of Westworld, uh, I'll give a quick summary of the well-tempered Clavier. Excuse me. William and Dolores are abducted by Logan's confederados, and Logan cuts open Dolores to convince William that Westworld is not real. Dolores escapes and finds herself at the church, where it is revealed that she in fact killed Arnold. William uh, appears to make amends, but massacres everyone the next morning and thor- forces Logan to help him find Dolores. Maeve makes Bernard aware of his host identity and returns to Sweetwater to recruit Hector for her host army. Maeve is successful in adding Hector to her ranks, and the two kill themselves to return to operations. Now self-aware, Bernard forces Ford to restore his erased memories, and he discovers that Ford created him and modeled him after Arnold. Bernard threatens to free the hosts and attempts to kill Ford. Seeing that his experiment has failed, Ford uses a secret backdoor code to stop him and forces the still-aware Arnold, uh, Bernard, excuse me, to commit suicide. Wow. <laughs> wow. This episode, man. Man, yeah. last week when we were like, this is the buildup, it's like, nah. When there's one episode left in Westworld, episode nine is the build up. Yeah, this oh man, yeah, I feel like episode eight was like kind of spread spread the sea wide. Like there's just like a lot of different things. So this one things. like it just hit hard on a couple, and I was like, oh, the, the reveals though. Like, it just kept cut. It like kept coming like one after the other, and then like just kept building and building and building until the very end. I can't forget. I can't remember what scene it was at the very end, but it was another like kind of cliffhanger scene was it was it the one where Dolores says she killed Arnold or is it the one where uh Bernard shoots himself in the head um I I it's uh Bernard shoots himself and then I think the ending scene is Dolores coming back up to the church oh and then she's about to leave and someone opens the door and she's like yeah she's like William (laughs) <laughs> um, and then the man in black walks in, and then he says something like, like, "Oh, we got some like catching up to do, or like we got you know, said, something." Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the Woo! Um, which I was like, "Oh, woo!" This, yes, worlds this, colliding. Uh, yeah, there's there, there are levels to this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, uh, where would you rank this episode for you? Uh, I feel like. I I'm obligated to rank it high just because mm-hmm. of its importance, like mm. like the reveals, you know, yeah. like the the episode as a standalone is. I mean, it was good, but like without the backstory, like it it wouldn't mm. really make sense. <clears throat> it wouldn't really be anything, you know. Mm. Whereas like episode one or like a couple of the other episodes that we really like, I think those yeah. the storytelling on those were really good, and this one was too. Yeah. But yeah. also made yeah. use of the fact that it was like end of the season, like yes. we're bought into these characters. So like, 
it, I almost like view it a little differently in that sense. Yeah. But it, it's definitely pretty high. Um, just because yeah. of like the shock value, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. So it's it's pretty high for me. I I don't know what what about you. Uh, I I would agree with you. I mean, um, story wise, um, I wouldn't say it was as interesting as the other episodes. Like it's the reveals in this episode that mm. make it so significant and high for me. But I do have to applaud um Bernard's acting oh, in yeah. the scenes between Bernard and Ford in this episode because man, them scenes had me on the edge of my seat. Mm. Like I thought. Well, honestly, I thought Ford was going to die. I thought Ford was going to get killed by Bernard. Yeah. Um, and then there was that twist where Ford was like, no, actually, I'm still overpowered. And yeah. he like found some like weird backdoor to get Bernard to stop and then commit suicide. Yeah. Ford is so savage, man. Like, Dude. Like, I don't... Every episode, I feel like we say that. But then he just mm-hmm. gets even more. I don't even know. Yeah. But he's like, he's very practical. Like mm. I said before, he's just like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm human. I make mistakes at the same time. I created you. You are only created to fulfill my, um, you know, what I, my purpose is what I want for you. Um, and then Arnold's like, you know, oh, you know, we created these things and they need to become uh, their own and become self-aware. And Ford's like, nah, they're just, they're just robots. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we use them for, you know, what we want to use them for. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's, it's just so bad for Bernard, man. Mm. Like, yeah. You know, like, he's killed yeah. so many people. Yeah. <laughs> Like we don't, we don't even know like yeah um, like he just even yeah the whole reveal that he well I think the first reveal not that he's a host like to, the reveal to yeah. himself that he's a host mm-hmm. you know like the great like irony in that because um, mm. you know Ford is talking to him and like Ford says that Bernard has taught him like ways to like control the host or like you know manipulate them in his own ways he's like like bernard you're really good at this (laughs) um Mm. but it's like he's doing it to his own kind you know unknowingly it's just Mm. like oh like you know you just feel makes you feel just a certain despair and like sadness i guess almost Mm -hmm. uh for bernard like yeah, yeah, you know, and he, he's he's like at the top almost, right? It's like Ford and then him basically, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and they're keeping all the hosts under their control. I feel like Ford was almost surprised by, like you said, what Bernard taught him, uh, because I think he mentioned something in this episode about when he created Bernard, he created him to be like Arnold, obviously. But he wanted the new Arnold or Bernard to be able to make his own choice to not rebel or not kind of go off and think the same way that Arnold did. Mm. So I guess I guess when Ford started to see Bernard, you know, really having empathy for these hosts and 
um, like, and, and kind of like, and becoming fascinated with these reveries. I think that's when Ford's like, okay, like this little experiment about recreating my partner's not going so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just man, the the. The, the implications of just Bernard being like based off of Arnold, um, you run deep. You know, I I I will say I don't mm-hmm. think I saw that one coming. Like, hmm. like I I I think I was genuinely surprised. I I had thought yeah. like the the like the stretch thing was like oh maybe Dolores is somehow Arnold or like something like that like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like Bernard. Uh, you know, it's like Bernard is the vehicle for like my emotional roller coaster in the show. <laughs> you know, like we talked about that. Like you know, he's a host. He kills Teresa. He's yeah. now he's like he's Arnold. Like mm. oh Bernard, you're ridiculous. And yeah, it adds so much significance to the scenes in previous episodes when Bernard is actually interviewing. The hosts, but mm-hmm. I mean, not Bernard Arnold. Sorry, is actually interviewing the hosts. Yeah, like yeah, when the whole you know, you made. kind of get that realization. Like those conversations between Bernard and Dolores are now mm-hmm. are actually Dolores and Arnold. You know, yes, we've been seeing those throughout. And like, my question was like, man, because it also shows Ford having those conversations with Dolores sometimes, and it's just like mm-hmm. kind of confusing that those would both be happening at the same time. You know, but mm-hmm. but they aren't though. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like oh, that's actually the human Arnold, and it just kind of like blows your mind a little bit, um, in terms of like what what is the past, um, and mm. what is present. Those um, multiple timelines. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll get to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, speaking of multiple timelines, um. This is probably in a different timeline, the William and Logan thing. Yes. And uh, uh William goes crazy. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say something else, but he goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he goes ape. Yeah. Yeah. Um to to be honest, in in my opinion, like like well, last episode already, but this one straight up confirms for me, in my opinion, that William is the man in black. Like, like I think they're very mm. straightforward with it. Explain, like, explain. Like, um, so so many things. Um, so, like the uh, church scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the way they end it, I feel like that's like if you don't get it now, oh, I guess we get to that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, but because you know, Dolores is like William, and then the man in black walks yeah. in. That's that's at the end. I'm like, I feel like oh. that's them being like, hey, if you, if you didn't pick up on it yet, yeah, this is straight up. Like Dolores just called him William. I mean, without seeing who he was, but like, like we we're making that that connection for you. But yeah, no. In this one, I feel like, um, what 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 even was it? Um, like Logan kidnaps <laughs> so them, um, and they're they're in the camp and whatnot, and then, um, Logan cuts. Uh, cuts mm-hmm. uh, Dolores basically stabs her you know mm-hmm. and yep. um, just cause he's trying to get William to snap out of whatever like trance that he's in yeah um, and then he shows Dolores his like insides which is really mechanical mm. um, and then if you remember when the man in black saved Teddy um, and gave and killed Lawrence to give him the blood transfusion 
he mm. uh, he said a line basically saying like, you know, back in the beginning of this park, your insides were all um, basically like metal and mechanical. Like I don't know the exact oh. words he said, but then he's like, Shoot. you were beautiful. Um, and then oh, wow. now they changed you because they made you like us. Oh wow! Um, and like I I'm like yeah, because they the hosts don't look like that anymore. You know, like I I think I I don't know if we've seen someone actually get cut into like that. Um, but I was like, that's that's gotta be old, you know. Um, that's mm-hmm. gonna be an older thing. Um, yeah, I, I was just like wow. one thing. I, I I you know I was thinking about. Um, and also, I, it's it's also confirmed, like I think through Dolores, that there's two timelines when she goes to the church and like she's kind of having the flashbacks of her mm-hmm. um, originally, and then like her going in the present, and like that means like oh she's kind of remembering two different things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I was gonna say like with Elsie when she said Arnold. It was like the same kind of technique or the same kind of mm. literary device where she says Arnold and oh. it was actually Bernard snatching her and killing her. So, you know, who who the characters think they're um, confronting is actually someone else, but still kind of the same person. Yeah, because it was Arnold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I actually didn't, I didn't even think about that one. Oh, that's crazy. Oh man. Okay, so Logan, um, or not Lar- Logan, William, like massacres all the Confederados, mm-hmm. and somehow like um, puts like Logan into submission. Yep. And he's like obsessed with finding Dolores now. Um, and I think he was always obsessed with Dolores, but to kill everybody in that camp, and then, you know, like. He's he's just going crazy, and I feel like he's becoming more and more sinister, like mm-hmm. more and more. I don't know if evil's the right word, but just kind of like doing whatever he needs to do to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I took that scene as like the turning point. Like if mm. if <clears throat> I, I'm basically all sold on William as a man in black, and I think there's no like conversation in that. But you know, could mm. be. Uh, but going along that perspective, you know, I, I could see that night as pointing back to be like, this is the turning point when he became basically the man in black. Um, yeah. And like, cause he, you know, he just went on that rampage and like he cut a lot of their arms off. It looked like, um, so you could see Ooh. like the robot parts kind of coming out. Um, yeah. Which, you know, could some in some way like re- really weird way tie into how he thought they were beautiful when they were more robotic um mm. and yeah so that was like there's just some break i think in terms of his yeah not not like psyche. mental state but yeah yeah something you know like he's no longer the william we saw in the beginning um mm. yeah oh and another thing just remember like that picture in that first episode that Dolores's dad finds is yes. a picture of william's fiance like and Logan's sister, you know, like is that yes. same picture? So I think that also confirms the timeline thing. But yeah, that's like, like what's that even? Like what? What's the deeper significance? I don't even know. Like that, the reveal in of oh. is of itself is already like so weighty. I think. Wait. So okay, hold up. So 
that's the first episode, right? Yeah. Where uh, Mr. Abernathy finds that and he goes nuts. Um, so that is like present time or future to the William and Dolores mm-hmm. and Logan scenes, right? Yeah. So does that mean that Dolores gets reset at some point to where she goes back on her normal narrative loop? That's that was a question, man. Um, and, I, uh, but this, but then uh-huh. yeah, then she slaps a fly, and then she's like off to her Arnold thinking self again. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know. I think the introduction of the whole like multiple timelines theory makes it makes Dolores's um storyline so much more complicated. Oh, oh my God! Yes. Because you know, I I this this episode I actually watched it with with some friends. It was, it was the first episode I watched with other people. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, one of them was basically afterward. He was like, you know, if all those scenes with Will, uh, yeah, with William and Logan are in the past, then like, what is Dolores doing in the in the future slash present? Mm. You know, like, you know, like, in in some yeah. ways. Watching all the scenes with Dolores, I have felt a little um, confused, I guess. Like, it wouldn't be the right word, but, like, I just felt like mm-hmm. I it, it lacked some, like, cohesion. It was, like, kind of, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, maybe, like, this sort of helps, but also makes it a lot more complicated. <laughs> um, like, separating mm-hmm. out, like, whoa, what happened with them in the past? And, like, how she, like, how she even get to the present and like what, what scenes are even her in the present? Like, are there any, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and like, cause it seems like, um, she is somewhat hallucinating and reliving and re- or retracing her steps in some ways. Um, yeah. cause I, yeah. I thought it was, is kind of telling like after she gets stabbed by Logan, she, you know, runs away into the forest or whatever. And then mm-hmm. she suddenly doesn't have her oh. wound anymore. You know, yes. And then it's like that. That that got to be the jump to the present, um, right? Whatever that means, I don't really know. Um, mm. But you know, she like going crazy or something. But, and then she switched to the dress, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Back back to that original city where like the people were dancing and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Dolores's storyline, her whole. Her whole character arc is has me the most confused. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know what's up with Dolores. Yeah, um, and just like I think one one last thing with William and and, and Logan, like I I kind of like had a question. You know, when, when Logan was trying to help William, it seemed like you know I kind of had this mm-hmm. moment where I was like. Does Logan actually like really care about William? You know, in yeah, in some like weird way, you know, in his I weird think he way, because he's yeah. like, oh yeah, we're bonding, like this is it, you know. He's like really happy, and then he's trying to save yeah. William from Dolores and like Westworld, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's not. I mean, he still is a jerk, but a jerk that actually cares, sort of. I I don't know, but that that's just kind of weird, weird moment. He's uh he. Yeah, he's he's still got a foot in reality, I think. Mm. And um he cares about William as much as he just wants William to know that Westworld is not real. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I mean, I guess also there was, yeah, that, like you said, that tender, kind of like tender hearted moment, like bro moment yeah. between Logan and Will, um, which made me think like, oh, this is just like a guy who's taken his friend out on a bachelor party mm-hmm. and is like reminding him, it's like, hey, <laughs> you are marrying my sister. So let's, let's, let's come back to the real world. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is like how Logan and William were introduced in some ways. Um, Mm-hmm. So I guess Logan is kind of staying the same, sort of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, man, some quick shout-outs to some miscellaneous characters. Teddy gets killed again, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just That's exactly what I thought. Dying. Oh. Can't catch a break. Every single time. <laughs> And um, Mr. Stubbs gets, I mean, it was like a super short scene, but he gets taken out by the savages. Yeah. Um, We find out that the man in black is a board member when he talks to Charlotte Hale. Mm -hmm. And then um, looking at the photo, like I'm wondering who that middle person is. And later on, I kind of look at this, look at it again. And that's, the same dad that was in the cabin. So I guess that's Ford's father. Oh. But I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if that has, like, any significance. Like, if Ford's father was, like, a creator of hosts also. Oh, yeah, yeah, because there's a picture of Ford, Arnold, who is Bernard to us, but Arnold to him. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then his own dad. Oh, that's that's super interesting. Yeah, because we thought that was Arnold at first, right? We're like, yeah. oh, that's the second guy. That's Arnold. Yeah, because I think the first time they only showed the two of them or something. I, I, you know, obviously they couldn't show Bernard, but mm-hmm. I don't think they showed that there were three people. No. Yeah, that's weird. Um, hmm. Yeah, that uh, that scene with Teddy, though, I thought was pretty interesting because um, he, you know, he, he kind of, he's talking to Angela and they and he kind of replays that scene with Wyatt in his oh. mind, you know, yep. and like um, Teddy's basically he says that he he's basically like he, he he became under control of Wyatt and he didn't know what he was doing anymore. And he just mm-hmm. kind of went and like killed all his fellow soldiers. And Angela's is like, are you sure? You know, like, is that what happened? <laughs> Uh, and then, and then I guess he somehow snaps out of that and like realizes he was a sheriff and like he actually just killed all the townspeople and she is mm-hmm. one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, I was like, what the? Like, I yeah. feel like they didn't actually give a lot of time to that. But No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why? We we know that Angela's is kind of a sinister character. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she was like manipulating Teddy and putting those thoughts in his mind because. He's very easily manipulated. That's true. And, or if that's really what happened. But, yeah, oh, but the whole Wyatt, yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to, so like, during that scene, especially when um, Angela kills Teddy, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I got this vibe that, like, Teddy is Wyatt, maybe. Oh. Um, because, you know, he, Teddy thinks that Wyatt was controlling him and he killed everyone. But mm-hmm. based on Angela's perspective, Teddy just killed everyone just because, oh. you know. And then she tells him, oh. is like, 
you're not ready. Um, yeah. Like something like you're not ready. Something like Wyatt yet, you know. And then she kills him. And then I was like, what if all these times of him dying like is helping him to become Wyatt again or something? Oh shoot. <laughs> um, you know, I was like, like well, that doesn't make sense that she would just kill him like that. Because right. she, she's basically like, you know, why is waiting for you? Or like, you know, he's like trying to bring him back. And then she's like, mm-hmm. you're not ready yet. And then mm-hmm. she kills him. I'm like, what? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that, that was very confusing. And also like kind of like a minor point in, in the grand scheme of things in this episode. But Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess another quick observation um, that someone, uh, one of the other guys I watched it with, mentioned. Um, I actually forget who says it, but they're talking about like the something with the maze and like they're trying to get back to the city swallowed by sand. Huh. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, but then they tied that back because in Ford's new narrative we see a bunch of scenes of them like digging out something. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, the guy made that connection is like Ford is trying to revive that city that was swallowed by sand. Hmm. Um, and apparently a man in black has been there. So yeah, oh, yeah. Teddy said it, I think. Um, cause yeah, the man in black is like, I've been there. Um, oh. so that's, that's, that's interesting too. Um, I, hmm. I, I feel like it, I don't know. But part of me was like, oh, is it that city where, where they're, yeah. all the hosts were dancing? And then, like, Teddy yeah. also killed everyone? And with the churches also? Yeah, you know, so, like, there's, there's some... steeple? Yeah, there's some, like, uh, I, I don't know, discrepancy. Because, like, Teddy has that experience there where people die somehow. And then Dolores also is there, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And the man Black says he's been there sometime before. So... Hmm. Like that's that's where the season finale I feel like might like culminate or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Ooh, man. Well, uh, any predictions for the season finale? I I feel like whatever I even try to think up, like they're just gonna blow that out of the water and like times times one hundred, you know. I'm gonna be right. like, yeah, you know, it's me. Some some crazy like, oh, Dolores is Teddy and 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 Arnold <laughs> and and the men. You know, it's like something I would never even think of. Um, it's like Dolores just wakes up again, like it's like another dream or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. So, I I mean, I think you know, Man in Black present is gonna somehow. Her, her and Dolores, I mean, him and Dolores meet, so I think that'll be, like, a central point um, mm-hmm. of of the finale somehow. Um, right. And they got to tie it all together with Stubbs, too, I guess. Um, yeah. And Ford. And I I mean, I, I, I can't believe that Bernard's gone. Like, that's not, you know, yeah. based on everything uh, ever. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, the Bernard and Ford story kind of culminated in this episode. Mm. So I, I don't know how much more of that we're going to get in the season finale. Mm. Um, and yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's going to mainly revolve around the man in black and Dolores in that church. And um, 
And maybe all of our predictions are going to be subverted when we find out that the Man in Black and William are in the same timeline. Oh, that'd be crazy, uh, no, man. <laughs> yeah, my, I, I think, yeah, I, I would just, my, my head would just explode. It, it, it'd be over. El, it. And Elsie comes back. Elsie yeah. <laughs> comes back there. Elsie's like, I'm on roll two. Like, <laughs> I just came back from vacation leave. <laughs> yeah, it was all chill. She's like, yeah, I went to Hawaii. <laughs> like, what, what, what's been going on here, guys? Where, where's uh, where's Bernard? <laughs> <laughs> Teresa? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, though, for this finale. Like, I think th- this might be one of the times I'm most eager to watch the next episode mm. although i'm pretty eager all the time but <laughs> yeah part of me was like eh what if what if i just watch this like sooner than than a week but you know <laughs> can cannot but, oh you can watch it tomorrow true true yeah but, yeah any uh any last thoughts on the episode no more thoughts. I'm ready. I'm ready for the next one. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, if our discussion on Westworld is wrapped up, uh, we're going to move on to the last segment of our show, which we just like to ask each other, uh, what's making you happy this week? So, Joe, what's making you happy? Hmm. This is actually a hard question, hmm. and I'm always stumped whenever I... I'm kind of thinking about this because I think we talked about before, like it's not something we we reflect on a whole lot. Mm. Um, And I feel like I've been so like go, go, go in my life for the past two weeks or so. It's been, I haven't really had a lot of time to reflect, but um, I guess my family is making me happy this week. Oh, okay. Uh, Just being able to, yeah, you know, apart from having a really busy week and moving in and stuff, my mom called me today and, and I called her back as we missed each other. But, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just really happy that they're doing well and mm-hmm. uh, my brother's family is doing well and she's like a nanny for them. So, um, yeah, just, it always makes me happy when my family is happy and, um, yeah, you know, um, I think that's what's making me happy this week. Nice. Warm fuzzy right there. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. Um I think that one of the first things that comes to mind, uh yesterday a you know, mutual friend of ours, um, he he <laughs> uh so my birthday <laughs> was a month ago and I had this birthday thing planned. Um <laughs> and it, it didn't work out. Uh something came up so I had to cancel the events. Uh, which is all good, you know, it's fine, things happen, um, and then this friend of ours, he, he, uh, he asked me, hey, you know, you want me to for dinner sometime, you know, I was like, yeah, sure, um, and then, uh, we, you know, me, you, and a couple other guys, we, we have a group chat that we have for, um, for playing video games, <laughs> you know, and then, then he texted the chat and was, was asking about, um, asking about some people basically who are my friends, but not really the friends of the other guys in the chat. And I was like super confused. 
And he's like, oh, yeah, can you ask them to invite all the people to Dylan's surprise birthday party? (laughs) (laughs) And the other friend's like, bro, he's in this chat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Um, So good. Um, But yeah, so that that actually happened yesterday. Um, not a surprise, oh, cool. but um, it was it was nice. It was basically a joint birthday kind of thing, um, you know. So, uh, yeah. So, so the friend uh, is Calvin, um, and his birthday was recent, was pretty recent, like last week, and mine was last mm-hmm. month. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, let's uh, celebrate both of our birthdays together." Um, and then we kind of tried to do my my original plan. We were gonna eat at some restaurant, and then go to this basically like barcade. Um, it's called free play. And basically it's like, uh, you have a $10 cover, but then they have a bunch of arcade games there and it's all free. You play as much as you want. Um, cool. so yeah, it was, it was a pretty good time. Um, I would say, um, yeah, I liked it. Play, play some good games, uh, played some like time crisis, played Simpsons, Ooh. um, back. Little, little metal slug, Pac-Man, you know, it's, it's all in there. Um, so it's it's fun, yeah. So I think that was making me happy. I got to see some people I haven't seen in a while. So yeah, overall it was a good time, and I appreciated it. So shout out to Calvin. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What up? Yeah. Well, um, sounds great, uh, Dill. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, thank you. I'm so I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So. Um, Thanks as always for pouring it over with me, Joe, and all you listeners. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. This was the Pour Over Podcast. You can email us at pouroveroshow at gmail.com and tweet us at pourover underscore show. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic. One word. Thanks for joining us and take care.